Experience is simply the name we give our mistakes. Oscar Wilde. Welcome to the Financial Clarity Podcast, dedicated to helping you make smart money decisions, live your values, achieve your dreams, and get more life from your money. This is Episode 9. Hello, I'm Mark Sinderson, and thanks again for joining me for this episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about some of the key mistakes people make during their employer's open enrollment season. And in the fun money segment, we'll discuss how being smart and buying used can save you big money. As always, the show notes, along with any links and additional resources for this episode, can be found at financialclaritypartners.com forward slash FCP009. Now, as usual, we can't start the show until I recite this disclaimer. This episode is about mistakes, so this is a reminder to not make a mistake and actually take advice from me on this show or any other financial podcast. Remember, I don't know you or your specific situation, and you don't know me very well. So please think of this show as just helpful information, tips, and education. Before you make any decisions about your financial life, make sure to speak with your legal advisor, your tax advisor, or your financial advisor. It's just a smart thing to do. Okay, it's that time of the year, open enrollment season. Now this is the time of year when many people have to make important decisions about the employer-provided health care, insurance, and other benefits. And in order to get the most from your benefits, it's vitally important that you take some time to fully understand your options and make the best choices you can for you and your family. Unfortunately, many people sleepwalk through their company's open enrollment and end up making some mistakes along the way that could cost them a lot of money. Now, I know that all of you smart listeners of this podcast don't want to gain experience, as Oscar Wilde says, by making mistakes. So I'm going to help you out by discussing some key mistakes that are often made during open enrollment so that you'll be aware of what not to do. Here are 10 common mistakes that many people make during open enrollment. 1. Ignoring communications from their employer. Now I know we all get busy and life gets in the way, but it's very important to check your mail or email for any important open enrollment information your employer may be sending you. That information will often have important dates and steps you need to take in order to get the most from your open enrollment. So, don't ignore any of these communications because it could cost you big bucks. Two, miscalculating your healthcare needs. One of the things you want to find out before you make a decision on which health insurance option to choose during open enrollment is to get an idea of what you are likely to spend on healthcare services for the coming year. So take a look at things like medications. Are you or a member of your family taking medications on a regular basis? If so, are those medications covered under the various healthcare options that you have available to you? Other thing you want to take a look at is the number of doctor visits. Are you the type of person that goes to the doctor once a year? Or do you have uh, a growing family with lots of bumps and bruises that require constant visits to the doctor? These can directly impact the amount you pay out of pocket on an annual basis. So you want to get an idea how many times you're actually going to visit the doctor. The other thing you want to take a look at is, are there going to be any new medical costs 
in the coming year that maybe you weren't dealing with in the current year. Maybe somebody in your family has a medical condition that's going to require a little bit more attention. Or maybe you're going to be adding a new member to the family. Well, a new, a new baby typically is going to have some additional costs involved from a medical standpoint. So if you know about that, you want to build that into your calculation to help you pick the best insurance plan for you. The third mistake that many people make is picking the health insurance plan based on whichever one has the lowest premium. Well, the reality is, is that the best choice might not always be the cheapest. The thing you want to consider along with the premium is what's the deductible. Various health care plan options have different deductibles. Some are low deductible and others are higher deductible. And depending on your situation, one might be better than the other for you. The other thing you want to take a look at is what expenses are covered under each of the plan options. Some plans cover a lot more in the way of annual exams, screenings, and lab work, while others cover just the basics. So you want to be aware of that. The other thing you want to be aware of is what are the copays and out-of-pocket maximum that you would be responsible for under each health care plan option. Some plans have a copay of $10 with a little bit higher premium, while other plans have a copay of $50 with a lower premium. Depending how many times you're going to be visiting the doctor and being responsible for a copay, that can make a big difference on your total cost uh, of that plan over the course of the next year. The one thing to keep in mind is that the lower premium plans usually have a higher total out-of-pocket cost over the course of a year. So you just want to be aware of what the options are and match that up as best you can with the amount of medical services you are likely to need in the upcoming year. The fourth mistake that many people make about open enrollment is being passive about open enrollment. What I mean by that is many people will just not do anything with open enrollment or they will check the box on their open enrollment form that says check here to keep everything the same for next year as it is this year. In other words, they're not actively involved in the open enrollment process and doing that can result in a mix of benefits that might not apply to your current situation. So be active about open enrollment. Take a look at the various options that are available to you and take the time to actually evaluate and pick the best options for you given your current situation. The fifth mistake, not using a flex spending account. A lot of employers have the option of what is called a FSA or a flex spending account. Now what an FSA account allows you to do is to set aside money pre-tax to cover some of the incidental expenses that aren't covered by your health insurance. So things like uh, over-the-counter prescriptions, glasses, contacts, visits to the eye doctor, dental costs that you may incur if you don't have dental insurance or, or a vision costs you may incur if you don't have vision insurance. A flex spending account allows you the ability to set aside money to pay for those incidentals on an annual basis on a pre-tax basis. So that could save you a lot of money. Now the key with a flex spending account is it is a use it or lose it type of plan. And what that means is say you set aside $200 
for your flexible spending account for 2018 and you only use 150 well that other two that other fifty dollars that you set aside that you didn't utilize will go away so you don't want to overfund your flex spending account but if you know that you are going to have incidental medical costs that aren't covered by the health insurance portion of your benefits plan a flex spending account is a good way to uh, to pay for that at a little bit lower cost the sixth mistake that people make is what I call saying nay to your HSA. Now where a flex spending account helps you cover uh, incidental medical costs, an HSA is a health savings account and that allows you to contribute money on an annual basis to cover the medical expenses. Things such as deductibles and co-pays and prescriptions that maybe aren't covered by your health insurance plan. Now the nice thing about an HSA is that one, many employers contribute to an HSA account for employees that elect to have it. So in other words, you may contribute to a health savings account and your employer may contribute as well to help you offset some of the costs associated with your health insurance plan. Now once again, like the FSA, funds that you contribute to the HSA are tax-free as long as you use them for medical expenses. And what's nice about HSA plans is you don't have to use them up each and every year. So if you maintain a balance from one year to the next, that balance will continue to grow and you can take it with you after you leave your current employer. So many times people will have an HSA account, contribute to it, take some money out to pay for deductibles along the way, and when they reach retirement, they still have money in the HSA account that they can use to pay for retirement-related medical expenses. So it's a very good benefit, so take advantage of it if it's available to you. Mistake seven is assuming you're too healthy for the wellness program. Many employers offer a wellness program to encourage employee wellness, with the thought being that employees that are actively participating in uh, a healthy lifestyle will have lower medical costs over the course of their lifetime. So if you have a wellness program available to you, make sure to participate in it for a couple of reasons. One, an employee wellness program can actually help you get healthier. And the second reason is, is that many employers are requiring the completion of the wellness program in order to prevent a rate increase on health insurance premiums for the next year. So in other words, if you don't participate in the wellness program in 2018, your health insurance premiums in 2019 may be higher by maybe as much as 25 or 30 percent. So pay attention to any wellness program that is available to you through your employer. Participate in it. Uh, do what is required to make sure that uh, you do not incur an additional surcharge on your health insurance premiums the following year. Mistake eight, passing on disability insurance. Many employers offer both short-term and long-term disability coverage as part of their benefits package. And many employees do not take advantage of that. Well, that's a, a serious mistake because the quickest way to derail a financial plan and reduce the financial security of many families is to suffer a disability, in other words, not being able to work. 
If you can't work, you can't earn an income. And that's where disability insurance comes into play. So if your employer offers it, take advantage of it. It can really be that safety net to help you get through either a short or a long-term disability. One of the disadvantages of employer-provided disability insurance is it does not follow you if you were to leave your current employer. So what happens a lot of times is people will supplement their employer-provided disability insurance by picking up their own individual disability insurance that is theirs and follows them wherever they go. So if that's something you want to do, please talk to a qualified financial advisor to, uh, to help you with that. Mistake nine, not giving enough life to life insurance. Most employers will provide a life insurance policy to their employees in the amount of typically one to two times an employee's annual salary as a death benefit payable to the beneficiaries in case that person were to pass away. Now, while that's better than nothing, depending on your own individual situation, you might determine that you need more than one to two times your annual salary in order to adequately take care of your survivors in case you were to pass away. So, uh, many employers do offer the option of purchasing additional group coverage at relatively competitive rates. So, if that option is available to you, take a look at the rates and see if it's something that makes sense for you and you might also consider purchasing your own individual term life insurance coverage on your own uh, in order to supplement or in place of additional coverage that your employer might offer. Oftentimes you can find very competitive rates for your own policy that goes with you no matter where you are employed. So definitely take a look at your employer's life insurance coverage and if you determine with the help of your financial advisor that additional coverage is needed, take advantage of that and explore what options are available to you. The tenth mistake that people typically make during open enrollment is to ignore their 401k. Now while most 401k plans have enrollment periods that are different from the the typical open enrollment period for health insurance, you can use the open enrollment period as a checkpoint to make sure that you're taking advantage as much as you can of any employer-provided retirement plans. So use the time that you're going through and evaluating your budget and medical needs and that type of thing to make sure that you're taking full advantage of the 401k plan or other retirement plan that your employer is offering. So take a look at these things. One, are you contributing to the retirement plan? If not, why not? Not contributing to a retirement plan is one of the surest ways to make sure that you are not going to have the retirement that you want to have. And many employers offer matches on employee contributions to 401k plans. So if you don't contribute, you're missing out on free money. So double check, and if you're not contributing to your 401k plan, do what you need to do to make sure that you are able to contribute to your 401k or employer-provided retirement plan as soon as you're able to. Okay, those are some, but not all, common mistakes that people make during open enrollment. Remember, the choices you make now will apply for the next year in most cases. The exceptions would be if you have what's called a qualifying event, and those are things such as marriage, death, divorce, uh, birth of a new child, or adoption. 
If any of those events apply or happen to you during the next year, then you will typically have the opportunity to adjust your benefits based on those occurrences. Outside of that, what you choose now will stick with you for the next year, so choose wisely. As with anything else in life, don't be afraid to ask questions if you don't understand something related to your open enrollment choices. Your human resources department or benefits person should have the resources to get you the answers you need. Remember, it's your money, so make sure you're spending it as best you can. Okay, on to the fun money segment for this week. And this week, we're going to talk about how to save big money by buying used. If uh, any of you are like me uh, and have any hobbies or passions outside of work, there's probably some sort of equipment utilized to pursue that passion. It could be a bike if you're a bike rider, it could be a camera if you're a photographer, it could be speakers or a turntable or an amplifier if you're into music. Whatever it is, there is equipment that is associated with the hobby that costs money. And one of the best ways to save money is by buying used. But you want to buy used smart. And what I mean by that is before you run out and buy something on the used market, you want to research exactly what it is that you want to purchase. You want to know a realistic price for that item. And you can find that based on previous sales of similar items. And you want to be careful as you're going through and you're doing the research and you have a pretty good idea what a realistic price should be for a quality piece of equipment. Um, please be aware of anything that seems too good to be true as far as a price or equipment condition because if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So I would just ignore those sellers immediately. Uh, take them off the list and don't even, don't even bother with it because it's probably not going to be what you expect it to be. Along those same lines, wherever you go to purchase used equipment, make sure that you're purchasing from as reputable a seller as you can find. I bought a lot of equipment over the years off of eBay and by researching what it is I want to buy and knowing the price that I want to pay for it and by purchasing from sellers that have a high reputation level, I don't guarantee but I greatly reduce the chances that I'm going to get taken on the purchase of that equipment. So only purchase from a reputable seller. That's a great way to increase the odds that you're going to be happy with your purchase. The other thing to do is to make sure that you stay safe while buying used. Many times, and this happens a lot with Craigslist or some other local selling sites, is people will agree to meet and purchase um, something that they found online and get into trouble because the person they are purchasing from ends up robbing them or something like that. So stay safe. Consider meeting in a neutral location. And what I mean by that is many police departments uh, will offer uh, safe sale sites as part of a, their service to the community where you can meet the seller. You as the buyer can meet the seller at uh, in, in the local police department. And that way, you're pretty assured that things are going to go as planned. So just stay safe when you're meeting unknown people to, to purchase or buy uh, or to sell equipment. I hope that helps. Uh, I've saved a lot of money by buying my equipment used over the years. Most of my camera equipment I've purchased used. Uh, a fair amount of my audio equipment over the, the previous 15 or 20 years I have purchased used. And by doing that, I've saved 
well over 50% off of list or retail price uh, on that equipment in most cases. So it's been a great way to enjoy my, my hobbies and my passions while being smart about the money I spend. Hope that helps. And uh, that's about it for this episode of the Financial Clarity Podcast. As always, if you'd uh, like to subscribe and receive each new episode as, as soon as it's released, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to help the show get a wider audience, I'd really appreciate you leaving a positive review on any of those sites. It's one of the best ways to help spread the word about the podcast. Remember, I'm always looking for feedback, comments, or suggestions on how I can make this podcast better. And so just let me know. Uh, You can send me an email at mark at financialclaritypartners.com with any ideas, comments, and suggestions. You can also find me over on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash financialclaritypartners. I'm on Twitter at planwithclarity and also my personal Twitter feed at Mark Sinderson. And you can find us on Google+. That's about it for this week. Thanks again for listening. Take care.